I bring you greetings today. I guess I didn't know I was going to be here 24 hours ago. So um, I think I felt God laid a message on laid a message on me, and it's a, it's not real complicated. I don't think the subject is encouraging one another. I think we've all had a challenging year, and we all need encouragement. Just to get you thinking a little bit, okay, let's say you go to this hardware store over at Rockin' R, and you see one of your members, uh, one of your fellow members, a church down the aisle. Do you go down that aisle, or do you slip down next aisle and hope they don't see you? And, you know, and another question along with that, when somebody comes into your presence, are they encouraged or are they discouraged? Do they want to come into your presence? Or do they remember something in the past? That, oh, I think it would be better if they just went down the other aisle. And, and, and that's real in life. My text verse is Hebrews 10, 24. It says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. You know, encouragement is giving the other person inspiration, hope. And discouragement is the very thing that they need. <clears throat> and we deprive others of courage when we discourage them of that hope and confidence. You know, do most people do their part in sharing encouragement or is there room to grow? You know, sometimes we get caught up in the busyness of life and, and we're just living. We're not thinking about the other person. We're not thinking about what they're facing. And sometimes it's just little things. You know, we was going down 81 one day through Harrisonburg and there was a lady coming down the ramp to get on. And so I just, I just backed off a bit and waved her on. And she got so excited, she smiled and she waved and everything she could do in the car, I guess. <laughs> she was just so happy that I let her on. You know, that, that's a little thing, but, but it, it's encourage, it was encouraging her. And we all need encouragement in life. And we as older Christians should encourage the young in their faith. <clears throat> And I have three areas I want to look at today, and maybe you haven't heard of all these, but uh, how about spiritual numbness? Have you experienced spiritual numbness? What about human loneliness or hidden sadness? These are some things we want to look in today. And so to get us thinking, i got some questions here. Do we assume that most people are as spiritual as we are and don't need encouragement? Yeah, that's, that's bad thinking, because we all need encouragement. What's the difference between showing concern or being nosy? I don't know when the last time, I don't know when the last baptismal class was here at the uh, at Bethany. And you know, we, we welcome them into our congregation. We come up and congratulate them. Is that the last time you encouraged them? How about five months later? Why didn't you encourage them? 
And maybe you do, but, but they need continual encouragement. And whose responsibility is to encourage? Okay, you immediately say, well, it's the preacher. Yeah, they're the ones that's supposed to encourage people. Well, that's okay, but everybody should take that responsibility. Like in our lesson this morning, it talked about bearing fruit in the lesson focus. And if you bear fruit, as it says in Galatians 5.20, then you're going to encourage people just by your natural outworking of that fact. Well, is it possible to overdo it when we're thinking about encouraging people and make them feel they're doing better than they really are? How about, uh, why are we slow to say something? What if I would like to encourage but do not know what to say? What if I say the wrong thing and end up discouraging them? Can I tell when a brother or sister is struggling? How can we relieve human loneliness? Can we discern human uh, hidden sadness? And can reprimanding them be an encouragement in the long run? You know, I read this quote in the Still Waters. It said, every Christian should want to see his brother succeed. You know, if we have that desire to see our fellow brothers and sisters succeed in their Christian life, it's like uh, this uh, text verse in the Amplified says, and let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may... uh, stir them up or or stimulate them to serve the Lord and to love and all that. Okay, the first thing I want to look at is spiritual numbness. I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but my definition of that term is that you're a person that knows the Word of God, you know His promises, you're, you're familiar with God's love and His care in your life, You know that the Holy Spirit can give you direction, but right now, I'm just spiritually numb. I don't know how to use the Scripture and His direction in this problem I'm facing in the moment. And see, you can help people when they come to that situation in life. And let me just give you five examples Okay, number one, a young person, as they grow toward adulthood, of course it's natural. Well, who should my life companion be? Uh, You know, he should be a, they should be a person of good character. They should be a Christian. They, you know, they should uh, love God and all that. But how do I know exactly which one is for me? And you see, sometimes that's a great problem for young people. They get hung up on that. And rightly so, because you don't want to marry the wrong person, do you? You know, that's scary. It can be scary. But I think we can move forward in confidence that God can lead us in those questions. And and we older ones can help the youth as they seek. And you know, sometimes I think the youth... And, and us older ones as well, we try to run up to God and say, God, tell me which is the answer right now for this problem. But God is looking for a relationship with us. 
He, need, he wants us to, serve, to, to commune with him every day, to rejoice in his love and power, and have a relationship with him, and, and we feel confident in that relationship, and we enjoy communing with him. And then when we run into a major decision, we've already got that relationship. We're not just running up to him in desperation and say, I need help. Number two, a, a middle-aged man is having problems with his thoughts. You know, he, he knows the Bible says that we need to be pure. We need to be holy. We need to think on right things and all that. But, but he still struggles. And how can you help him with that? A middle-aged lady, number three. Uh, I believe I was talking to her one day, and she, she uh, <clears throat> of course, when you're middle-aged, you have children that are in their teens or upper teens, and her concern was, how do I know that my children will turn out right? You know, what would you tell her? See, there again, that's a bit of that spiritual numbness. She knew all the, I'm sure she knew Proverbs. Train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not, they will not depart from it. How do I know that will be true in my children's experience? See, this is all part of encouraging each other. Number four, a father told me that he has an 18-year-old son that he doesn't have a clue what he's going to do in his life. He doesn't have a clue. So how would you help that father and help that son? Number five, older people that are nearing life's end. They've been faithful Christians. They can be faithful Christians all their life, but they start struggling. Am I really saved? You know, I had the honor of being one of Brother Lloyd Hartzler's pastors in his last days. And he preached thousands of sermons. He knew he had a, I just looked at him as a spiritual giant, but in his last days, he struggled. I think on that very question, am I really saved? See how the devil tempts, and there's where we can come in and encourage a person like that that they can get over this spiritual numbness. That the promises of God are true. And you can tell them that you maybe experienced some of the same thing. And you have been blessed by the word of God. Turn to Hebrews um, 10. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10. Just a few verses here, um, 22 to 25. Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke 
unto love and good works. That's our verse. And not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as we see the day approaching. It's telling us here in verse 22 that we can approach God with a true heart. We can have full assurance of faith. And see, the devil does not want us to have that full assurance of faith. And there's where we can encourage each other <clears throat> to have that full assurance. And verse 23 talks about holding fast our salvation. And if we can do that so that there is no room for, get, for doubt, and God will do what he says. God will do what he says. And verse 24, give attention. Uh, we can give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. That's the idea in that verse. And, and even let us outdo each other in being helpful and kind and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. And because of our, you know, we've been, our services have been sort of disrupted this past year. And I hope we can make sure that we encourage each other. Along with this, I'd like to turn to Second uh, Peter, <clears throat> thinking about how to help someone and ourselves in this thing of spiritual numbness. Second uh, Peter 1, 3 to 11. And I want you to notice, and this is a familiar passage, but notice the strength that we can get from these verses. <clears throat> It says, according, verse 3, according to the divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Did you see it gives us all things that pertain unto life and to godliness? We shouldn't have questions, right? We should have all the answers. God, God gives us all the answers. He says it gives us everything for life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So maybe there's where we're falling down. We're not accessing ourselves to the knowledge of God on a daily basis like we should. And we're, it says furthermore in verse 4 that we're given exceeding great and precious promises. By these you may be partaker of the divine nature. It's these promises that help us to be partakers because we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and now I, know, I notice that he's adding things here what are we adding to it says that besides this give all diligence add to your faith virtue and so we need to be solid in our faith and God is not expecting us to be a mature a a Christian all, all at once. This is kind of a lifetime project. And I think if people are struggling with spiritual numbness, we can point to this passage as well and say, you know, you, you make sure you're rooted and grounded in the faith. And then it says virtue. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And you know, Different people have different amounts of knowledge that, that's part of the secular world as well as the spiritual world. 
And, and with this knowledge, let's say, you know, you're an older person. You've studied the Bible for years, and you're helping to encourage a young person. I think it's interesting here. It says to add patience to the knowledge. I'm not sure what all that means, but I thought it's interesting that we should add patience. Well, first of all, temperance. Use our knowledge in a proper way. And then if we're dealing with somebody that's just new in the faith, uh, we need to have patience and add to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness. It's just a, a beautiful pattern here that unfolds that we could help people in their journey. Now the second part I want to go to is uh, human hidden sadness. You know, people can appear joyful on the outside, and, and maybe we do that ourselves at times, not necessarily, we're not maybe intentionally trying to hide the sadness and the hurts of the past and that we're dealing with in our life. <clears throat> but we can help people that have sadness in their life um, and help carry the doubts and the qualms that they have. Let's look at Romans uh, chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, uh, 1 to uh, 14. <clears throat> and human sadness can manifest itself in other ways and in other ways or emotions it may come out in different ways but we can be blessed that god can help us uh, romans 15 1 when we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves and in it and this whole area of encouragement i think that theme comes through that we need to encourage others and not, not, first of all, make sure we please ourselves before we reach out to others. In verse 2, it says, Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Isn't that interesting? You know, we, we may have the idea that, well, if I, I need to take care of myself, before I can reach out to others. Well, that's exactly why you should be reading the Bible. That's why you should be communicating with God every day. You, you are automatically preparing yourself to reach out to others. And also, verse 3, we get tempted that we don't have time to, to uh, do that little kind deed, to do that something in others' behalf. But notice what it says here, that Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of him that reproached fell on me. <clears throat> for whosoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, and through patience and comfort and scriptures might have hope. Now the God of peace and consolation grants you to be like-minded toward one another to, to Jesus Christ that ye may have one mind, one mouth, glorifying God, even the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's just another example of love reaching out to others to build up our neighbor. And Christ gave no thought for his own interests. 
You know, sometimes it's just a little thing that, that prevents us. I was reading a book recently, and in that book there was a story of a lady, and her faith was, was like us here this morning, uh, I'm sure. And see, lima beans was an important thing to her, like it is to my wife. She enjoys lima beans. And so she had lima beans that was just about ready to pick in this story and the frost she knew was maybe coming but the beans weren't just quite ready yet but she wanted to pick them anyway because if the frost hit in the night it would ruin them but the Holy Spirit was directing her to go to visit Miss Smith an old lady over by the river and um, she kept battling this all evening as she was picking these lima beans, uh, God was telling her to go visit Miss Smith. But she said, well, why can't I, in her mind, why can't I go visit her tomorrow? And this turmoil went all, on all evening, and she felt that her beans needed to be picked. And so she struggled all evening, and finally she got them picked. And don't you know, the next morning when she got up, it had rained, and she felt sad that she hadn't went and visited Mrs. Smith because it rained, her beans would not have frosted. And she uh, <clears throat> wished she'd have went and visited. But later in the day, she found out that Miss Smith, they found her in the river. And her note that she left said, nobody cares about me. Nobody has anything to do with me, and I feel so lonely. And the note that the police found said that if somebody don't come and visit me by 11 o'clock tonight, I'm going to jump in the river. How sad. See, loneliness is something that's hard for us to grasp as we're living in families. And, and, uh, but when God speaks to us, we should try to reach out to people. And see, in this case, it would have been a, just a simple visit to go over and visit Miss Smith. And that, that, that's an example that she failed to reach out to others, especially when God was prompting her to. There's a lot of people out in the world and in our churches that appreciate kindness. It blesses them and does something for them. One day I went into a convenience store years ago and as I was approaching the, the door, there was another man that he really looked rough, and I wouldn't have wanted to meet him in the night somewhere. But I was just a bit ahead of him, so I opened the door and let him go in first. And I didn't think too much about it, but I went around in the store and, and got some things, and he'd gotten some things and he left. When I got up to the cashier, she said, you don't owe anything. He paid your bill. I thought, wow. 
Isn't that something? See, apparently he appreciated that kindness. Maybe nobody ever showed him kindness before. And see, we don't know that when we, in this thing of encouraging people in the journey of life. Back to Romans 15. Let's see, verse 7. Wherefore receive ye one another as Christ also received us to be the glory of God. How did Christ receive us? You know, he received us with open arms. He received us full of love. And it's a challenge. And I don't want to portray that I've, ever, I've always done everything right either. I have room to grow in this area of encouraging one another. Now I say unto you that Jesus Christ was a minister of, of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. And when the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, for this cause I confess to thee that the Gentiles sing unto thy name. And again he said, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. Now it's interesting, he's bringing in the Gentiles here, showing that, that we need to encourage the whole world. <clears throat> and again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and Lord, all these people. And again, Isaiah said, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles in him that he, the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope before the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you are full of goodness with all knowledge. And yet you are able to admonish one another. That's the phrase I want us to get, that we're able to admonish one another. Uh, we lived in West Virginia back in the 70s. And there was a preacher there. And I knew what he was going to say whenever he met me. It didn't matter where we was. It didn't matter if we was in town. It didn't matter if we was out in the country. It didn't matter where he met me. The first question that he was, and I knew he was going to ask it, he said, are you keeping encouraged? Oh, well, that's interesting. And I didn't always like that question because I I wasn't necessarily always encouraged every time I met him for what for you know just facing the challenges of life, and maybe we should be more that way when we meet one another. Are you keeping encouraged? And I don't think he was trying to be nosy. He wasn't trying to be whatever, but he was just that. That was his way of uh, trying to encourage you. Okay, the last one I want to look look at here is this thing of human loneliness. You know, like the lady by the river, Miss Smith, she apparently was so lonely, so bitter, so hopeless that she didn't know what to do. You know, it may be someone that let them down or mankind has failed them. They may feel rejected of any age group. And you know, this person may have all three that we're looking at this morning. 
You know, they may have experienced spiritual numbness. They may have the sadness deep into their hearts and loneliness for years. And finally, they just feel like they're at the end of the road. I read somewhere some years ago that the Golden Gate Bridge was a favorite place for people to jump off to commit suicide. And I read this account of a man that that's what he was planning to do. And so he wrote in his note that he left, he said, I'm going to the Golden Gate Bridge today and I plan to jump off, but unless there's one exception, I won't do it, one exception. He said, on my way, if I meet someone that smiles at me, then I won't jump. Imagine that. Someone that smiles at me. He didn't say someone that tries to lead me to Jesus or someone that tells me a Bible story or someone that shows interest in me. He, he didn't say all that. All he said is if they smile at me, I won't jump. And you know, we, we don't know what people are facing or what, how human loneliness is, is struggling in their hearts. Hebrews uh, 6, 10 says that, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have shown toward his name. And, you know, the scriptures talk about giving a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus. You know, why don't we slow down sometimes and pay attention to the people around us and do those little acts of kindness. It may be the turning point in their life. So the question sometimes might be raised, you know, what about me? What about me personally when I get discouraged? Where, where should I turn? Or what should I do? Well, back in the Old Testament, I think you, you're probably familiar with this story. Turn to 1 Samuel <clears throat> chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. This was David and his 600 men and they were they were well David if you read the story David had lived with the Philistines for many years and he was on the run from Saul and anyway he was given this city of Ziglag where he was at and then he and the Amalekites, and let's start at verse 1 of chapter 30. And it came to pass that David and his men were come to Ziglag. And on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned with fire. And so David's possessions and his wives and these 600 men 
while her family were at Ziglag, apparently, and the women were taken captive, and they were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. And so David and his uh, 600 men lost their families to these captives, and that the city was burned with fire. And in verse 4, it says, And David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And, you know, I think that's the situation that some people find themselves in, that they have no more power to weep over the problems, and they fail to apply God's grace and mercy in their experience. And David and his two wives were taken captive, Verse 6, it says, David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. Imagine that. David and his people were so distressed that they had no more power to weep. And now David's men were talking about turning on to David and stoning him. And it's just because the soul of the people were grieved. But notice what David did. David encouraged himself in the Lord. And that's, that's tremendous. That David encouraged himself in the Lord. And so when the situations in life get that way for us, that we can always encourage, be encouraged in the Lord and God will be with us. And I like Romans 8, 28. It's got a, <clears throat> I'm sorry, not Romans 8.28, it's Romans 8.26. Romans 8.28 is often quoted, but Romans, uh, <clears throat> I like the promise that there in Romans 8.26, as we face the issues of life. 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And you know, when we get to the end of the road, and, and, and this verse applies in both situations, whether we have a problem that we're facing that we don't know what to pray for anymore, or whether we're helping someone else in these situations that we looked at this morning, we can be blessed that the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. And when we don't know what to pray for anymore, it's like the Spirit takes over and it maketh intercession for us. The Spirit knows how we want to pray. The Spirit knows our end goal. And it just takes over for us because we're in our flesh, we're done. But the Holy Spirit takes over for us and intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And also that Jesus himself is at the right hand of the Father and he knows our situation as well. And so may God bless you and give you inspirations and bless you as you bear the fruit of the Spirit. And when you encourage others, you will be encouraged as well.